Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. This is Tanya Hathaway with Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your stories told on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB FM Lighthouse Christian Radio right there in Oklahoma and bordering other states. So I can't tell you how much we appreciate the fact that Stephen Burke uh, has brought this to Oklahoma and some others and some other um, states as well. I'm sure, Marty, that's fine. Might as well. You never know if he might want to speak up. Um, so I am introducing a new link because there was a broken link uh, that I shared earlier. And so I'm trying to, as we do this, and the new link has just been brought forward, share the link um, for those that are listening via the link. So I'll be doing that, especially once uh, I get Michael on here and talking. So while I'm listening to his tremendous expertise, advocacy, and intelligence, um, hopefully other people will be listening and wanting to come on. The link will be available afterwards as the archive, though. Again, it is February 19th. 2021, and um, I encourage everybody to also pay attention to Marty Oakley's page, and it's ppjg.me, and she has several other hosts that uh, where the subjects are just tremendous, including, of course, the ones that she's on. Uh, with the whistleblowers uh, shows on Thursday night, and then oh, let me see, we, we've got who else do we have? Uh, Marty, you there? Can you give a briefing on your other shows so people know? Sure, uh, they can set a little set a little something so they can pay attention, and I can share this link uh, at the same time while you're doing that. Well, on Monday nights, I work with John Lacron. Uh, one of the most insightful, educated people I have ever spoken with. And we cover everything from real ID to the COVID hoax to the whole nine yards. Wednesday nights, Marcia Joyner hosts Murdered Her, Betrayed by Hospice. She has the website Murdered by Hospice. And this is a huge, huge show. Thursday nights, it's whistleblowers that I do in coordination with Marcel mm. Reed and the Whistleblower Summit. But, of course, all of our shows are, even this one, connected to the Whistleblower Summit. Um, Friday nights, it's a show with me and Cosgave called In the Mix. We cover a lot of things mostly centered on these predatory guardianships and the imprisoning of elderly people with large estates, and they hold them prisoner mm. in these nursing homes and neglect them and abuse them and steal the estate they drain the estate just as fast as they can and they are doing this hundreds of times a day all across the country Um, they're isolated from their families they can't see anybody they can't talk to anybody they are abused and neglected and then when it's convenient they're shipped over to hospice and that's the end of the story but anyway that's what i do and and I'm, i'm getting tired i told michael before the show started I'm getting tired. Now I'm old, and you people have to give me a break. (laughs) (laughs) Now you got a long way to go. You got a long way to go. We ain't letting you go. (laughs) Yeah, it's like I told you. My granddaughter keeps saying I I need to be around for another 30 years for her. (laughs) And I said, the image of me dragging a big wrinkle across the floor just ain't sitting well (laughs) with me. But anyway, Tanya, that's all I do. So go ahead on, girl. All right. 
Well, well, thank you so much, um, Marty, for that because I just, you know, I realize all the opportunities that I've missed asking you to share your shows, you know, because we're always trying to, you know, spread the word and help each other do that. You, you know, we mm-hmm. need to come in unity as Michael Washington uh, is uh, very well aware of and has been extremely proactive in doing so. I'm going to introduce him in just a moment, although we've heard his wonderful agreement to what we've been sharing already. But let's talk about what the heck is going wrong in our public agencies, in our federal agencies, in our state agencies. Let's talk about how we can make what's going wrong right. We've had our successes, you know, as we've worked through them on the show and updates and whatnot, and, and oh, it's beautiful when things go right and we can report on that. And that's what we're all about is, you know, not just whining, not just complaining, but actually doing something and coming up with problem solving and not just coming up with them. You know, you ever have somebody there saying, oh, this is a great idea. Why don't you, oh, that's a great idea. And you want to look at them and say, well, good idea. Well, why don't you get that started, right? So this is not just talk. This is about activated activism. This is about solving problems. This is talking about problems, sharing the problems, educating with a purpose. We got a lot more things to do than just talk, don't we? And we've got quite a uh, listenership on this show, as Marty's other shows, and we're just so thrilled to know that we're doing something right, that more and more people are getting involved and let's talk a little bit about the prison system. Well, you know what? If you take a look at prisonpolicy.org, you're going to find a prison policy report. The most, the latest, the most recent is uh, that I couldn't find anyways, uh, was for, uh, it was put out February 26, 2019. Now, uh, Michael Washington is from Oklahoma, and uh, and we know very well that a lot of these things that we talk about are happening across our country and beyond, okay? But let me see. Oklahoma got an S in uh, grading parole release. So let's see. I, it's hard for me to imagine that anybody did worse because we're – and I'm going to ask Michael's opinion on this soon – it, because we know, as many have heard, the atrocities that are taking place in the Oklahoma prison system uh, from the health issues that are ginormously uh, unconstitutional, and even with an inmate's rights. Yes, they have rights too. Okay, they do have rights too. Yes, they're different than you and I on the outside. God. Can you imagine somebody, it's bad enough when inmates' rights are trampled on and, and they're not being supported by the very people that put them in place or are to, put, are to keep them in place. But then you've got the, the many that are over-sentenced, far too many that are wrongfully convicted, and some that are on death row that don't belong there, that had nothing to do with the scene of the crime. Mm. And those Mm. rights are being trampled on. Now, shouldn't they have rights, first of all, that will allow them the proper hearings, the DNA story to be told and shown? And how about beyond a shadow of a doubt before a man or woman is convicted of that a violent crime or a kind of crime that will put them behind bars for life, not to mention the seat of death. So who could be worse than Oklahoma? I'll tell you right now, according to this report, 
It's Wisconsin, Virginia, Ohio, North Carolina, New Mexico, Arizona, California, Delaware, Florida, Illinois, Indiana, Maine, and Minnesota. They come up with an F minus. Right. So the best grade out of this report is a B, and that's in Wyoming. There is one B throughout our United States, people, one B. Okay, now you got to read the report if you want to find out what it's based on, whatnot. Again, it's prisonpolicy.org, uh, and it's the prison policy report, February 26, 2019. So who did better? Yes, Wyoming got a B. Hawaii got a C plus. Maryland got a D. Michigan got a C minus. Montana got a D. Nevada got a D. New Hampshire got a D minus. South Dakota got a D. Utah got a C minus. Vermont got a D plus. West Virginia got a D. So there's 20 F's left, including Oklahoma. Now, what does that tell you, people? What does that tell you? Most of you already know, and that's why you're listening. Most of you already know. Uh, Goodness, I'm just checking my notes. Don't mind me. I'm a little last minute here. So, uh, good time. Good time in Oklahoma, time served, well, good time is being taken away. It's suddenly unconstitutional, according to the lawmakers in Oklahoma. Why would say it's being taken away? Because, to quote a grand jury investigator in the attorney general's office in Oklahoma, Oklahoma's dirt poor. You know what I believe? Sure, it's dirt poor, so let's enslave some more. Let's continue to make this problem worse. Well, there are people who are in office now who claim, and we can only hope that this is what they truly will do when they ran on it and they're elected. We have new fresh faces that they will turn this around. We are looking for allies out there, not to make enemies. We are looking for allies. So that is the first approach with the lawmakers, with those that are in office that have run on these things, that got there, and we're looking for those that are already there to come forward, to come forward, speak up. You can be the hero. Maybe you're not so liked right now by the outsiders because you haven't done what you said you'd do. But you can always resurrect yourself. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Because we know it's in your head. We know it's in your heart. And we know you are there to serve the people, not the agenda. The people. We also know in Oklahoma that there are more women per capita in the world behind bars. Not because Oklahoma is a magnet for just terrible women, for just, you know, the worst excuse that there could be for women. No, quite the opposite, quite the opposite. There's a wonderful population of women and men in Oklahoma. Wonderful population population, but there are certain new laws that have come into play that seem to be taken out of the context of what they were meant to be, according to the lawmaker uh, regarding the, uh, the law of failure to protect, at least their children. He himself says that law has been, and I don't have his name in front of me, so forgive me, but he himself says that law has been taken out of context, and now there are women that are being put behind bars, and the men that we're actually abusing are scot-free. That's not right. That's not okay. Uh, How about women that are behind bars? for protecting themselves against domestic violence. It was their life or mine. Okay? Uh, What's Hmm. wrong with Oklahoma? I've seen this happen far too often, and I have seen the lack, the very 
shame. There's a lack of protecting men that are abused. You've heard from David Arndt, who's been on our show a number of times. There's nothing that is set up in Oklahoma, no committees, nothing. We're working on that, David, and David's working on that with Journeys to Justice as well. Um, He's going to head up this division, um, working on resources for men. Because, yes, men get abused too. Men get abused too. And guess what? They get abused in the system too. Yes, they do. Men and women alike. All colors, all ages, all races, all need to stand together, united, pay attention to what bonds us, and stand for each other and for what the Constitution stands for, which is us, which is us equally. That being said, Michael Washington Hello, and how are you? I am just, I feel that we are just so fortunate to have you on with us tonight. Oh, it's great, great. I'm just glad to be here. I mean, it's a wonderful thing to sit back and listen to my colleagues in other states, counties, countries, and things of that nature. And basically, we all are visiting the same trauma, unconstitutionalities regarding our judicial and prison and jail systems. So we all mirror one another when we talk. I may have a little bit more than you in one area. You may have a little bit more than me in the next. But one thing about it, it's going to always be something to be in the newspaper, newspaper to be reported as well as to give us something to talk about. You know, So it's really a tremendous uh, feeling to be here with you all tonight. Well, ditto, ditto. So, you know, I, I have, you know, we've, been acquainted with each other for a little bit, but can you mm-hmm. let our listeners know what is it that brought you to this mission? Oh, yeah, thank you again. Well, first of all, I've been a political activist now for 35 years, and having myself served time in the early 70s, I didn't like the fact of my incarceration of the inadequacies and injustices that I experienced. So I said to myself, okay, man, uh, do you continue to be a revolving door? Do you continue to come into a system that's designed to dehumanize you, to program you to be less effective than what you could, to your greatest potential? Or do you go out and be someone who say, okay, let's expose these crooked individuals, these monsters who are designed to cripple people so that they can keep their prison systems filled? So I said to myself, what are we going to do then, Michael? So what I did, I educated myself while I was in. I took up courses in law and I have a degree with Blackstone School of Law right now in Dallas, Texas. I took while I was incarcerated. So I said to myself, okay, Michael, now when you get out, what are you going to do? Are you just going to sit back? Are you just going to watch? Are you going to do what you need to do to be effective? So as I began to progress into the injustices, seeing the police brutality, guard abuse, uh, denying people a right to ex- exercise, outdoor recreation, food, proper food, medications, and showers and things. I said, oh, no, 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 man. You can't run a system that's supposed to be uh, humanely sound for the psychological welfare as well as physical welfare of those that incarcerate. So my mission was to try and get out and to correct that error. So what I did, I got involved, and from that point, I just kept going and moving forward. And right now we're dealing with an issue of the Oklahoma County Jail. I'm sure that all of y'all have problems with the county jails in your cities. And if not, maybe let me give you a little bit of horrific stories on our end as far as that's regard. Now, you cut me off if I get it going too long. Anyhow, no, you go we're, right dealing ahead. With the, we're dealing with the Oklahoma County Detention Center. This is a confinement that is run by the Oklahoma uh, Criminal Justice Authority. What they've done is this, this is an independent trust that's taken over the jail from the county jail sheriff. So the county jail sheriff sits on the board. Now, this criminal justice authority is responsible for running the Oklahoma County Detention Center. Now, they're doing a very horrible job. Let's take, for example, you have more than 1,792 inmates in a facility, get this, that was designed for only to house 1,200 inmates. Can you imagine the audacity of these criminals, these monsters, these crooks, that they would put a harsh reality and harsh circumstance to be visited upon someone they incarcerate 
who is supposed to be incarcerated for a punishment, not to be punished after they're there. But they don't care about that. They just threw the Constitution all the way out the door. Now, you know, with this, with 592 additional inmates in a facility that's designed for 1,200, you're going to have a strain naturally on the emotional stability of the inmates. You're going to have a strain on the water, the food, the the medical supply, the opportunity to take showers to get out of the cells and different other things like this. There's no program that's conducive to keeping these people's minds in a more comfortable framework. Now, that being the case, then you also have almost every day there's a, some inmate dying from inmate violence or somewhat or what have you. It is a traumatic effect, a reality that we as a human beings are not designed to take such drastic measures, especially being confined in a cage like an animal and being kicked at, being deprived of food, having nets in your hair while you're showering and having bed bugs to bite you to some inmates not even given the adequate bedding to sleep on. And three to a cell that's designed for two. Come on now. Let's look at this. Or the this is not by design. Then the medication, the whole works. This is what I'm getting at. It's a strain on everything. So because that's the case, then we know that we have monsters in place who call themselves correctional officers, who call themselves jailers, county officials. Those people are merely nothing but robots who are designed to keep a crooked system in place. Because let me tell you something, any matter what that human nature would know, you don't treat people in such a harsh, irresponsible, crooked manner in which people are being taught. So that clearly tells me they're not guided by their conscience. They're guided by the money makers, the billionaires who themselves have money in the private prison systems. So in turn, then, to keep their private prison beds filled, what they have to do, they have to put a, an exorbitant amount of inmates in the county jail. So when they send them to jails, so they don't go to state prison, they go to private prisons. Okay. And get this here in Oklahoma. If you send a, if you send a person to a private prison, the and you fail to fill those prison beds up, the private prison industry, watch this here, can fine the state for not filling that bed to ninety five cent capacity. Now come on, are you kidding me? So you gonna tell me I'm, I'm as a state you gonna sign a contract? What would you, why would you sign a contract? Listen to this now. Why would you sign a contract like that, knowing that in notice for them for to meet my quota, I'm definitely gonna keep these prisons over these jail houses overfilled so when i send them to prison i can send them to you to keep myself from being fined millions of dollars a year the breeding ground for disaster there you have it there you have it so this is why we are doing what we're doing i, I again my i'm on my organization no coma called oklahoma coalition against people abuse and our motto is change your world and your world will change around you so regardless of who you are your status in life your nationality it doesn't matter to me as long as you're being Trampled on as long as you're not uh, having a right to proper uh, medication or visitation with your family members or your child is being uh, de- deprived of any education or access to the things that would keep their minds uh, shaped and molded into what is expected of a child, we're going to look into it for you. We don't care who you are, where you come from, who you've been, or what you're about. The whole point is that we are a society of people that need to take back our legislature. We need to take back our courts. We need to take back our jails. We need to take back our schools. And this is the group that we're dealing with out here now. We are basically coming in as a, I guess, for lack of a better word, a people who is going to start monitoring these things so just let these people take for granted that we're not going to say anything anymore. So again, we're getting ready right. to do... It's actually our job to do that. If oh, yeah. If doing their job, it's our Thank job you. to see to it that they are doing Thank their you. job and remove them there you, you know, go. Now you talk. But remove right. them, impeach yes. them, if you will. Um, if, if they are, uh, if they are, um, if they're perverting their the mm-hmm. the constitution, and right. and let's face it, I mean, you said you said something earlier um, that was just perfect when we were speaking on the phone, and I'm trying to remember exactly it was. But but the meaning the meaning behind it was was that that we cannot do this alone. Obviously, no. we can't do it alone. And oh yeah, we were having this conversation, and we said we cannot be driven by fear. No. If we're driven by fear, then then what happens? Then the we are off. caught. Yeah. Then the we are part of the problem. Uh huh. Well, Malcolm X once said, you're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. Which one are you going to be? You can't be, you can't straddle the fence. You can't say, I'm going to be an advocate one day and then the next, I don't know if I, that's my fight. 
Your fight is everybody's fight. If you're an activist, you don't pick your fight, your battles. All your battles are won by the people collectively coming together. It's not about a big eye and a little you. It's not about me knowing good or more than less than you. It's about us progressing together. It's about you being the arm, I being the leg, and somebody else being the head, and somebody else being the feet. So that means that we're all doing our own part of being that one branch that's designed to corrupt, to correct a criminal in, injustice system. I never do like to say a justice system, an injustice system. That's my um, word because, because that's it's what a pet it is peeve. Right Thank you. There's no question around it. And like I said, what my group is doing, uh, what myself, I'm collaborating, as you know, like I said, with several other groups here, advocacy groups here in Oklahoma. And what we're doing is we're getting together and we get ready to do a rally on the 27th of this month, right out in front of the Oklahoma County Jail, in which, again, we're going to give them a 10-point a, a uh, list of our demands that they have to meet with regard to those people that's incarcerated. Or if they're not met within 90 days, then we're going to issue a notice of intent to sue. And thereafter, 90 days after that, then we're going to submit an actual petition in a federal court, the United States District Court for the Western District of Oklahoma. We have to be revolutionaries in that regard. We have to let these people know that we're not playing. They haven't heard this kind of action I talked before. They've only heard the rallies. I mean, what comes after the rallies? You know, what comes after the shouts and demands? It comes to paperwork. We are a country that recognizes paperwork, and we're going to do our part to make sure that we keep those desks filled with our paperwork, you know. In other words, there's no justice, you know, no justice, no peace. I mean, that's more than just words, more than just a catchy phrase. We want something to be attached on the back end of it. And we're going to make our statement that you're going to run this prison system, this jail system, or you're going to get out and we're going to let the, you're going to let the people go in and run it themselves for you. Bottom line. Yes. So, you know, when people, when people are, you know, punished for their crimes, okay, and you have to only hope. Mm-hmm. That it is reasonable and fair punishment. We know mm-hmm. that needs an awful lot of work as well. But just assume, okay, just for the sake of evil, we know it's not true. But for those that are, we know it's not completely true. But for those that are being punished for their crimes, their fair sentences, they are there to, to serve their their time mm-hmm. for the crime. Most of them will acknowledge what they have done, and they want to do their time and get out. Now, how can we help stop this recidivism rate, right? Mm -hmm. How can we stop that recidivism is between the time that they are sentenced and the time that they are released to go back into society and become a productive member of society. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? That is on the state. That's on the state. Well, and the reason there's so much recidivism is because they're not doing their jobs as well, correctional officers, okay? They're not. They're not mm-hmm. doing their jobs. Now, well, keep in mind, that's exactly, if they're not doing their job, that means the wardens mm-hmm. aren't doing their job. Keep in mm-hmm. mind, if the wardens mm-hmm. aren't doing their job, then mm-hmm. the DOC isn't doing their job. They've got bad mm-hmm. policy. And if the DOC isn't doing their job, that means the state isn't doing their job. Because guess what? Mm-hmm. The indoctrination does take place. We mm-hmm. know all about it. We've heard uh, people uh, come on this show right out of Oklahoma who have been corrections officers and who have spoke to me, told the truth, and said they couldn't be a part of it anymore, and their lives were threatened. Lives threatened, still harassed yes, to make sure yes, that they're yes. kept in place, still harassed. Well, we need whistleblowers out there. So any corrections officers, any wardens, okay, anybody who works in this state or whatever state you are in, okay, who works for the state or the county, okay, anybody who has a government position, they know. That there is crime. Oh yes. Oh yes. To it, they can testify to it. And if you have even more than that, that's great. But in itself, sworn testimony goes a long way. Okay. Amen. But know that you and your rights, sir or madam, can and will be protected under the Whistleblowers Protection Act. Yes. You can make yes. whatever's going wrong out there right. You can be a big part of solving the problem, and, and, but you need to gain 
that whistleblower's protection. So I mm-hmm. just will encourage everybody to know that. And if you want help with that whistleblower's protection, I have connection uh, to that where you can try. Uh, we had one man on uh, not that long ago who who helped blow up the lid of uh, California, uh, the Green Wall. Um, uh, and his attorney were on the Green Wall. They wrote the book. He wrote. They wrote the book together. I believe the Green Wall. They were on. That lawyer will go to other states. Okay. We ha- and I know another one. So and then there's some in Washington D.C. that Marty and I have met that may entertain representing you in a whistleblower suit. Okay, and being a whistleblower, okay, please, I hope to God that this can encourage people to come out and not be so afraid anymore, not be fascinated, because we do know, we know that not all corrections officers are like that. We know that some are, and they don't want to be, and that we can just push you back into humanity, okay? And then we know that there are those that have been doing it so long, that's all they Eat, breathe, sleep, and and mm-hmm. and their minds have become terrorists among themselves, and uh, and it might be too late for them. Uh, but uh, something that Michael and I were both talking about a little bit earlier that we both saw was shared by a man. Uh, his name is Sean King, and he mm. shared the video of um, a suicide video, but this is how he references it. This is the suicide letter of Louisiana police officer Clyde Kerr Kerr III. In this video, before he takes his own life, he details how the killing of black men by police in America, including Botham Jean, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Rayford Pellerin, who was actually killed by police in Lafayette, Louisiana, where Clyde served, was mm-hmm. too much for him. He had enough. He details how the so-called war on drugs is destroying people's lives and must come to an end, and he tries to offer some solutions. This is what it has come to over the past month. Police all mm-hmm. over the country, including multiple Capitol Police officers, have taken their own lives. In fact, suicide is the single wow. biggest cause a death for police. So I want everybody to remember, we're not trying to say that every police officer is an, is an enemy. Oh, no, no, no. That's no, not true. No, Nor are we no. trying to say that every corrections officer is an enemy. No, no, no. That's not true. No. We're trying no. to say we're flooded with it. So please take a look. Look up Sean King on Facebook, and it's a very recent post. This happened on February 4th, and it is just a tragedy. What do you have to say about that? Uh, me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, let me. Uh, I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, first of all, my <laughs> condolences to the officer and his family who experienced this traumatic end to his life. It was such a horrible uh, reality for me when I when I saw that video. He actually sent me a copy of it. When I saw that, I said to myself, "Lord have mercy." I know. I thought, I said, well, this got to be a joke. And then when he got to explaining the uh, atrocities of African-Americans being gunned down with their hands up and the war on drugs and how it's just a, a designed to keep it an imperfect, improper, wicked system in place. And it just got so hard to him that he said that he basically symbolically making himself a martyr to the cause so that others can see that if a correctional or police officer can be right in the thick of this wicked and wild, vicious behavior and to the point that he can't take it anymore. How about many of us today who are not being reported who are taking their own lives through suicide based on these same premises that would suddenly expose this is a small microcosm of a larger scale problem that many of us today do not see we have the audacity or strength to even admit to. And because we don't admit to it, we see a number of other things. We tend to take our lives ourselves because we can't take it anymore. And watch this here. A lot of it has to do also with the medication that they're giving us, 
with respect to, let me tell you some evil and wicked people in this world, especially those incarcerated. Let me tell you something. Even a lot of our men, women, and children today who are incarcerated are immediately placed on some psychotropic drugs to try and control them. The first thing they tell them all, we need to give you this because you were erratic and, and, and uncontrollable. Okay, so what I'm saying with the de- death of this brilliant man, I mean, oh, my God. I still, my heart still hurts for him, he, he and his family. But I just hope that we can take something from this to let us take a, a stronger approach toward looking into a totally inadequate, totally unconstitutional, totally horrific judicial system, not in one state, but a judicial system that's happening throughout the whole United States, the federal constitution, from its federal level down to a state level. Y'all, we need to correct this thing because too many innocent people are dying for the sake of an overzealous officer who thinks that I can take a life simply because I have the gun or the weaponry to do it. I'm licensed to kill, so I'm going to overtake it. And watch this here. I'm going to use that power that I have. Oh, nine times out of ten, I'm not going to be tried anyway. Nine times out of ten, I'm not going to be held accountable. Oh, I don't care about a lawsuit being filed against me. Why? Because that's even making the states more poor because the money is going to one group of people, one family. So, of course, there's going to be a lot of programs. I'm telling you all, it's all set up and designed to take away the effective programs like rehabilitative program, education program, social programs, because the monies that are geared toward those certain programs are taken out to pay for these settlements, these lawsuits that's being filed, Okay. Let us look at the real horrible realities of the situation so that we can get a clear a picture that is designed to keep us broke, crippled, crazy, and impoverished mm-hmm. and in poverty. Mm-hmm. And driven to this here so that whatever we can get will take. Suddenly we are yes. in submission. Uh, I've there got a go. caller for us right now, so we're going to invite uh, Sandra on. So, uh, hey, Tanya. Of course, of course, it means a great deal to me, uh, the work you're doing. Um, I also am doing uh, very, very similar work. Um, I am a an accredited cognitive behavioral therapist. Oh, amen. Um, and I have a business. It is called. Um, it is called. Uh, Victory from Chaos. You can find that on fa- on Facebook. You can also find that wow. on the web. Victoryfromchaos.com. Um, so okay. I, so I, I, I want to uh, let, let you know um, that I am in complete agreement with what you're saying. Um, kudos to you for speaking out. Um, and and what, I, what I want to say, I, you know, I feel like I need to um, explain myself just just a little bit. I was sexually and physically abused as a child. Mm. Mm. Um, um, I was raised in a very, very mm. um, conservative church. Uh, my family is from the hills of Appalachia um, in eastern Kentucky, um, and they they uh, ruled the house with an iron fist, may I say. <laughs> mm. but, uh, mm. but, but unfortunately, I, I never fit in. I never fit in with my family because I can remember asking uh, my father, who was a preacher, uh, why why don't you think black people are important? Hmm. Um, and 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 I was sent to my bedroom. Uh, needless to say, I spent a great deal of time in my bedroom <laughs> uh, because and, and and the reason is because I didn't acquiesced to their way of belief. I always knew I was different. Um, and, th- and, and through uh, through the uh, training that I have uh, taken and have been through, uh, you know, I have built my business to help those who are reentering society um, mm-hmm. from incarceration and also to support their loved ones. Uh, because my viewpoint is this, and I'm not going to take much time. I'm just a visitor, uh, but my viewpoint is this: um, we we do not have to acquiesce um, to what we have been told about ourselves. We are not we are not what others tell us we are. We are not the mistakes Amen. we've made. They we are not. Um, the experiences we've had. We're, that's not who we are. Um, and so through 
you know, through cognitive behavioral therapy, I have learned for myself personally that guess what? I don't have to. I don't have to carry this burden any longer. Um, because I right. I, I don't so have to free. just agree and accept uh, what what has uh, been given to me in life. I can move forward. Um, and so and you know you, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard of a book? And um, I've talked about this a number of times. And then working uh, with this couple, actually, I had to. I missed a Zoom meeting. I missed two Zoom meetings in a matter of twenty four hours, given uh, there was mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. emergent that happened. Uh, and I forgive Things myself do for happen, that. Yes. But uh, but um, but uh, there is a book called Correcting Treatment in Corrections, and it's by Rhonda Champagne and Michael Johnson. And I am um, not they familiar actually, with that. Well, you, you need to absolutely look this up because you are going to love that you're not a couple there, but you are going to love this. Um, he's a retired uh, lieutenant uh, for the corrections department in Montana, and then Rhonda Champagne uh, is a licensed social worker, and they were asked to put together a program to help women um, that have been incarcerated and uh, and they have not had and they're like within a few months of um, being released and th- that mm-hmm. they have not had any recent mishaps involving violence or anything like that and it was twelve week program where um, they completely redid the whole system and how people were being uh, treated but also. But mm-hmm. therapy, it, it was a therapy day in and day out, physical exercise, more freedom, actually holding yes. crystals. Yes. Now, at first, it's kind of funny because at first, you know, Michael Johnson is like, you know, you're going to hate me the first half of the book. And the reason you're going to hate me is because you're going to hear me as that lieutenant that mm-hmm. that note that was, you know, he'll still say, the corrections officers, at least any, but that he came, you know, into contact with, and he served over that he, you know, he, he, um, were under his employ, in essence, mm-hmm. uh, were all straight up good men and wi- men and women. So he did well, not. Well, I'll tell you. Have I, I'm, I'm I just, sorry. Let me just finish this thought. But but mm-hmm. but the thing is, he said that he she had to retrain him how to think. And then they train the corrections officers. These are now residents. Okay? They're not inmates. They're now residents. And they are are to be treated with respect. And they had gratitude sessions. They had all these tremendous. The recidivism rate went from about like 85% down to about 15% upon Mm -hmm. Graduating wow. from this program. Now, what does that tell you? How successful is that? Now, you would think that that would be duplicated over and over and over again, wouldn't you? Sure, Right? Guess what? Yeah. They closed it yeah. down. They closed mm-hmm. it down. Why did they close it down? Because those non-for-profits weren't getting any clients over there. This is money-driven people lobbying, mm-hmm. lobbying and, and, and uh in, you know, money that's uh, backing other, other, uh, uh, other, you know, people that are running for office. So, who are we really paying attention to? Yeah, we're in, and, instead and, of them yes. working for us, right? Go right ahead. Now, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Mm. No, uh, you know, you know what touched me earlier, um, honestly, Tanya, was when you were talking about DJ Vodka and the Green yeah. Wall. Uh, because yeah. I spoke with him just yesterday. Um, oh, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, Great person. Great person. Oh, I, I, you know, he, he is upright. He is honest. And there's another individual as well, Governor Henderson, who used to work for the system, who, who decided he could no longer do it because he kept seeing the discrepancies within the system. I myself was a head legal secretary for a prosecuting attorney for years. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know you you see you see uh, from your own experiences um, of what is wrong with 
with this system. There is so much wrong with this system. Um, and it so, wasn't yeah, to be I. No, Oklahoma. Well, and, Oklahoma and maybe, and has, maybe. You know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. The Bar Association is an arm of the Supreme Court. There's a private entity, which, you, uh, mm. quite honestly, we do need Michael Washington, as you brought this out at your rallies and otherwise. You know, we need civilian overseers. We need the, we the people to overlook this, not the Fox guarding the hen house. So mm-hmm. this is actually in the Oklahoma Constitution stating that the Bar Association, uh, you know what, maybe we wouldn't mm-hmm. have such a problem with it if it was just, but it's not. No. But it, it is it, not. It's not. It's not. And I, I you know, I, I grew up in a very um, a small town um, in southern Indiana. Um, and so I you know, I, I grew up also in a very racist family, um, mm-hmm. in a very religious family, um, and I was never allowed uh, to question the authority of my father or of any man in, in the church I grew up in. Um, and so, you know, as I have grown and I have, I, I have gone through my own mindset to make it authentic to who I actually mm-hmm. am, um, that that's where I started to grow. That's where I started to abound. And when I had my look, first taste of freedom, and then someone reached out to me and said, "Hey, can you look at this case?" Um, and I looked. I looked at my first case, and and I thought, "Oh wow!" And I, I I looked at the I looked at the facts. I looked at the fact that there was no DNA evidence supporting uh, that this individual had committed the crime. There were no licensing fingerprints. Um, yeah. there, there, there was nothing. He was completely innocent of the crime he was committed of doing. And it's not a fluke. Yeah. That's the problem, right? It's not a fluke. So what I'm going to ask you to do is let's. I know we messaged each other just uh, we just did in the yes. last couple hours. I'm so glad yes. that you called. Um, I think Thank that you. we need to stay in touch, and we'll have you back on, and we can get more in, in depth to this. But just hearing that story and and what. Um, what brought you to this? See, it, it it always starts with something, people. It always starts with something. Maybe it, it starts does. with somebody just is turning the radio station and they hear something, tune in for a few minutes, and they stay tuned in. Right? That's yeah, a great and, I, thing. and I yes, it is. It is a great thing. I do co-host um, a, a radio uh, program three times a week. Mm-hmm. I have two Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. And I have my business, so it's 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 crazy, you know. It, it's nonstop, but it, is, it takes a lot of. But time. it does take a lot of time, Tanya. And, and what I need to say to to both of you individuals um, is that I I am so pleased uh, that you are both so transparent and are working um, so closely. And and you know I I know when you first started the program. Um, there was a, an individual that was speaking about hospice, you know, and that was that's another big issue, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and, Marty, and I think Marty just shows on that. Yes, yes, yes. I think all, I that's think all hospice. of these governmental agencies, um, you know, someone needs to answer for what's being done. Someone well, needs yeah. to answer. Ma'am, yeah. can I say something yep. before you go, though? I, I wanted to say I, I applaud you for being able to come on the show and to admit the horrific conditions in which you were basically, for lack of a better word, slaves to the hardship and dictates of a man, which has always been a problem to our society, especially for women on every level. As a matter of fact, women didn't, it wasn't until the 14th, 15th Amendment that even women had the right to vote. So I already know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. But uh, but I just want to give you a, a kudos and, and a great applause that you can come in and say, even though you were in the trenches of racism, you refused to allow yourself to be dictated on how you were going to see another human being because it's not about a skin color. It's about how you treat it's me not. and how we treat one another. And so, like I said, it, it just warms my heart to know that I came on the show and, and I'm proud to have met you and I'm definitely going to go to your websites and if I can help please you ma'am I'm, yes. I'm well known you just please let me know I mean 
no charge or anything. If I can stay up late at night and we can come up to save one life, that one soul can save maybe 15 others that we can't reach. And that 15 can save the other 92 or what happens. See how it works? It's all about a chain reaction. So I just thank you, man, for, oh, man, just let me know, you know. And I'm definitely going to do what I can. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Definitely. Thank you. And thank you, Tanya. Uh, oh, because thank, I have thank heard you. so love many, to hear more from you. And, very, and, and, very and positive. Thank you. I have heard so, yep. so many positive things about you. Um, oh, and oh, I, yes, you. I would love to to uh, continue to connect with both of you. Uh, thank I you. think you know I, uh, there there can't there can be no ownership. There can be no jealousy. There can no. be no competition. Oh, we have no. to work together. If we don't work no, together. Yes. Nothing is going to be accomplished. Amen. Amen. Oh, we have to be God, with so what good. unites us. Period. Yes. Gosh, thank yes. you. Yes. So I, I, I'm going to let you get on with your with your uh, program, um, but I'm going you, to say thank blessed, you man. so very much. You, you be blessed. And, though, uh, I tell you, uh, it's been one. Thank you, as, as it has been with both of you. Have right. a lovely Take care now. And hopefully, okay. Uh, Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye now. Have a good night. <laughs> it's like I, I didn't want to let her go. I didn't want to let her go. But yeah, I no, I'm telling you. Yeah. Show tonight is going to be we're yeah. going to be wrapping up and uh, within like I'll have to start saying goodbyes in about eight minutes the most. Um, and uh-huh. definitely going to have you on for a longer period of time as well, please, if you would. And um, so Just let me know. I told you what I can do. Yeah. Oh yeah, Paul. Let me know. Speak right now, please. Speak right now, and yeah. just you know, I want you to have the floor. I might interject. I'll try not to, but you know me. <laughs> um, <but laughs> no. Include include your contact information, your web pages, yes, and I want you to talk about the rally again too. So the Definitely, floor is yeah. yours. Okay, thank you again, Tanya. This is a wonderful night again. I, again, kudos to the lady that just came on. I'm, I'm just so enthused and thrilled by her actions. But let me say this before we have to go. I, again, we're going to do a rally on the 27th of this month from 1 to 3 o'clock in, in front of the Oklahoma County Detention Center. Again, our whole theme is to let the authorities know in the county jail as well as the Oklahoma Criminal Justice Authority that we're going to demand within 30, within 90 days of a notice of 10-point plans and demands. If our demands are not re- reached within three months, then we're going to file a notice of intent to sue. And if that doesn't uh, materialize after that 30 days, then we're going to file a United States District Court federal lawsuit in 1983 in the federal United States District Court for the Western District of Oklahoma. Now, this is a six-month time frame and time period where, well, you know, nothing's going to just instantly jump off and turn and correct thing be corrected. But we figure within a ten a six-month window, there should be dramatic improvements, like reduction in the incarceration rate. The better medical facilities, better psychological services, better uh, uh, security measures in place for inmates to stop dying, and the dealing with the net situation, three inmates to a cell. Those are some of the basic five fundamental changes that we are demanding and not asking to be changed. And other again, our motto is change your world and your world will change around you. There is no way in the world that a human being should have to come into a condition like this here is a way of, well, we're going to punish you, symbolically saying to me, we're going to punish you for coming into our prison system. You don't know that we see you as warehousing human household goods. We don't see you as a human being anymore. I mean, that says that to me. When you got me three to a cell, you deprived me of my food, proper education, jumping on me, let me be killed, not giving me showers. That's telling me you can't see me as a human being. You're only going by a system that watch this here, Tanya, and I know you know, that tells you and programs you to becoming a robot, a heartless, disheartening person. In other words, you take the, the course, and when you, when you read our promise to uphold the Constitution, when you take those oaths of office, and you're not saying that you take over office of running and, and, and protecting the rights of the citizen. You're saying you take an oath in office to be a company man for that system which is hiring you by any means necessary. That's why it's necessary for whistleblowers to come through to come and help us get a kind of molded, a kind of a level on what's really going on behind closed doors. This is what I'm trying to tell and you. More must like you remember. Said, the, these people are public servants, okay? And we can respect yes, right. them, but we need yes. to hold them accountable. But also yes. remember, we are privileged in being a citizen of the United States of America, Amen. which empowers us 
every you one of you that are listening out there, Michael and myself, said, and even even those when they are not acting under uh, under the color of law, that they have mm-hmm. the right to stand up, uh, you know, for that are within the Constitution, our Declaration, our Bill of Rights. That those Amen. that it is, and it's really your job. It's your job as a private citizen to see to it that it is not ripped away from any part of a community, of a, a, you go. of a state, because then we become subject to exactly what we're subject to right now. We cannot turn our backs on it. And no. it will touch you if it hasn't already. It will touch you at some point, unfortunately. The odds are that it will. If we don't Amen. stop this now. Now, if anybody want to reach me, you can reach me. I'm, I'm on Facebook, Michael C. Washington on Facebook, uh, and you can reach Take me at Oklahoma Prayer. Okay, um, you can reach me on Facebook, Michael C. Washington, and also you can reach me uh, Oklahoma Coalition Against People Abuse. Uh, I have what you call a, a hat on a brown turby, derby or whatever you want to call it. And again, if you look and put Michael C. Washington. Uh, you'll be able to see that because, like I said, I want to talk to each and every one of you. Uh, my phone number for the organization is uh, 405-246-9089. That's area code 405-246-9089, and that's our organization's phone line. If I if you can't reach me and I don't get back to you, just leave your name and number, and we can go from there. Again, it's been a privilege tonight, and I hope that y'all tell you you're doing a great job. And, Marty, all you people, let me tell y'all something that's I like feel like I've been with family here. I mean, I feel like I've, I'm wanted. I mean, I feel like I can come back again. You know what I mean? I feel like as long as I can come, come back, back again, y'all eat up all. Absolutely. Yeah, but one thing about it, though, Tanya, let me say this here. If you eat up all the hamburger, don't call me no more. <laughs> 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 well, first of no, all, I'm say. a vegetarian, okay? <laughs> Not one of those okay, animals. well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just having fun. Uh, yeah, it's been good, you know. But, Tanya, uh, thank y'all once again. And, uh, you know, just y'all follow me on Instagram. I got Instagram, Michael C. Washington as well. And just tell me about your problems because I want to, your problem is mine. I want to, let's work it out together. You know, no big eyes in love with you. We all have a story to tell, you know. And if yeah. you, if we know about one another's story, what better way? If, as long as there's a great listener, there's going to be a great learner. And I'm one of them great listeners. So I thank you so much, mm-hmm. Tanya, again. And thank you for coming on, uh, Michael. We really appreciate your presence and all you're Definitely. doing. Um, and yeah. that's why it was so important to bring uh, Michael on tonight. We're also going to be going forward. Uh, we're just trying to find the right way, date and time for uh, Jorge Bravo, who will be the last mm. of the final four to come on the show oh, and right. share the story. Um, you know, we've already done one show with him, but we're going to continue that. And then after that, I know that people have been waiting for a while after that, the final four, the series with the final four, putting it all together. We've got Jorge Bravo. We've got Mike Williams. We've got, who else? We've got Mike West. And we've got, oh, um, Michael Gaines. Good. Mike Good. West. Jorge Bravo, one more. Good combination. Oh, my Great combination. It's a, yep, yes. there's one more out there. Forgive me. Uh, your name will be multiplied by 100 when when I can remember, <laughs> I promise. Uh, for those Maybe that I'll heard about the section at the 19th, I'm sorry. Okay, for those that heard 1983, uh, the, the filing in 1983, if you don't know already what it is, it is a civil rights lawsuit. So it can essentially be filed by someone whose rights, civil rights, have been violated, um, and so that means that more than one person whose mm-hmm. civil rights has been violated, a community even, that while uh, they were violated by somebody who was acting under the color of under law, under color of state law, mm-hmm. under the color of state law, okay, and uh, those civil rights are guaranteed by the United States Constitution or certain federal Man. laws. So let's remember that, everybody. I really appreciate uh, you being on once again. And uh, please tune in again on Sunday um, uh, to uh, as we follow Amen. through. As we follow through. Thank you very much, Marty Oakley, TS Radio Network. 
and Stephen Burke, 89.9, KLRB-FM. I'm Tanya Hathaway. I'm your host. And thank you, Michael Washington, Activated Advocate. God bless everybody, and good night. You, you still had 30 minutes, didn't you? <laughs>